Welcome to season three of the Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This is episode 177. I'm your host, Chris Little. I'm joined by the one and only Dr. Jason St. Clair. Did I did I get your name right? Jason St. Clair, you got it. Woo! It's, <laughs> there's so many names out there that it's like I never take for granted that there's a pretty high probability that I'll mess it up. But I'm patting myself on the back for this one, for uh, for making it happen. Um, I'd like to also do a special shout out. Your wife was on the show for episode 124. And so that's kind of like a rare occurrence for the show. I've had a few couples, but I haven't had them like separately like that. So anybody that's kind of wanting to dive deeper down the rabbit hole can kind of go back in the episodes, listen to some more familiar faces. Um, that was actually one of the, the earlier ones where I was publishing it in video because before that I was just doing the audio. So they can check it out on YouTube. But having gotten that ramble out of the way, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been excited to have you on. It's been kind of a long time coming. I've had a few people kind of in the mix that I wanted to have on the show, just whether they said a good impression or they've just been a genuinely good person or whether I've learned a lot from them. And I'd have to say, like, your account is someone, like, your account is one that I can always count on learning something from. When when I'm watching some accounts on Instagram, it's like, okay, like, today's joke, today's something knowledgeable, but it's like, you bring a lot to the table, and I'm lucky to kind of have you in my my social network. Um, for my audience that might not have like met you before, how would you introduce yourself at a party? Like, what what's your casual uh, introduction? Oh, at a party, I try not to attend those parties. No, um, so I'm a physical therapist. That's what I do day to day. I have a small, I have a private cash pay practice in Charleston, South Carolina. And I spend the majority of my time um, treating patients one-on-one. And then I have a small kind of part-time job that I teach the physical therapy students, the DPT students at our local university here in Charleston. Um, primarily in the, I teach dry needling and then help out in a few other areas too. So I get to play a little bit of professor, but mostly clinician. Nice. Um Something kind of got my attention with uh, that whole introduction because, like, I'll usually try and, like, figure out more of who a person is to kind of figure out how they got to where they are. And you're talking about, like, oh, no, but if I'd go to parties. And I, I first of all, I'll say I relate. Like, it's kind of like when you're in a career like this, you kind of have to to be focused. And sometimes certain personality types, like I've interviewed a lot of introverts. And a lot of cards go into play with all of this, but when it comes to your career, how do you stay on course, continually grow while also kind of having a life? Like what, what is your take on that? What is your experience? What's your wisdom? Yeah. I mean, it's difficult. It's obviously a juggle. And at any given time, I feel like the priority is in one area more than a little than the other. So I do try to, um, education is, is super important to me and I'm and continuing education is super important. Um, so whether it's a course or, um, any continuing ed, um, situation, I just try to make sure that if I'm going to pr- keep pursuing those, that the day-to-day life, I, I try to like have limits where I cut things off and kind of have family time. I feel like once we had a child, we have a son, six-year-old son, And so that's kind of changed the game. Whereas before we could both, you know, I could come home at eight o'clock at night and it really wasn't a big, a big deal. But now, you know, to be home past six is a a bit of a struggle because you want to spend time with, with your family. So I think it's easy to get caught up in your, in your head about feeling inadequate. And that's probably a personality trait, um, which can be good because I think it keeps you motivated. Um, But I, I really just try to 
every now and then look back on on how I've been, for the most part, being a dad and how that I feel like that's going, reflecting on it. And as long as I feel good about that, then the continuing ed stuff just kind of seems to fall in place because that drive will always be there. It always has been. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think something that I've noticed and really admired about the past year or two with with many people is just their realizations of what keeps them on track, like like in a holistic manner. Like, I mean, we can work all we want, make all the money we want or, or whatever, learn all we want. But in order to kind of stay on track, you sort of need to have like your your people that support you. You need to uh, be able to reflect and slow down and reset, go on holidays, have some quiet time, go on long walks, all these things that don't happen if we don't make the time or if we don't have that line that we draw in the sand kind of thing. Um, to kind of turn the tables on you, like what were your biggest reflections? Like, so for perspective, like Katie was on the podcast episode 124, somewhere in May, 2020. So almost exactly a year ago. And I can only imagine what, what everyone's learned in this time, but for yourself, kind of like looking back to that pinpoint, like what's kind of happened for you? Like what kind of revelations have you had or realizations? Um, what, what's changed? What, uh, how have your priorities shifted? Yeah. So I'm sure like with most people, COVID definitely brought awareness to a lot of different aspects of life. Um, one thing that I say, think has changed is I really did make a commitment at that time or around COVID as many people did to really get outside my comfort zone and start posting consistently on social media and really trying to just share myself um but when i look back on my post from a year ago um i'm not sure i'm still like it's not doesn't sometimes feel like me still i have a really hard time like expressing who i am as a person like and i want to be able to do that while providing valuable info and that's what i love so much about my wife she's she's super creative she's obviously very very intelligent um and she, she she can be herself pretty much all the time even if i'm just overhearing her on a call, you know, it's totally her. Whereas me, I'm a little bit reserved. Uh, it's just not my natural tendency. So I feel like I've, I've grown in that area. And, it, um, and I think the reflection and being able to look back, uh, then you can kind of see, all right, well, maybe you, you grew a little bit, but you, you still have a lot of work to do. <laughs> um, so I would say that's number one, just being consistent with social media and trying to um, see what that last year looks like and how I can keep keep growing in that hopefully becoming a little bit more more confident with what I do bring to the table yeah I mean that was an important reflection to make just with the whole like looking back in social media I think that's a cool exercise a person can do because um in the fitness industry especially people have a tendency to kind of get in their head I mean myself for sure like I can admit to it you kind of like get into your routine and you zoom in on one week then you zoom in on one day and it's like what are we doing like where are we going um it's probably a helpful exercise for anybody that's listening or watching this to like go back in your social media or go back like for people who aren't too heavy on social media you go back in your calendar like you probably made appointments with clients or um scheduled events like little pinpoints and things that you can look back on and kind of reflect and see growth because that's kind of like people like to be rewarded they like to kind of hear like that they did good or that they there's some difference and then it might be encouraging for somebody that feels discouraged like for myself every year that I do my taxes I'm like okay like I had these clients at this time I learned this I paid for this continuing education I updated this in my life I went here like it's just it's a good exercise to kind of reflect and kind of stay the course sort of thing and then just also that knowledge like I I'm kind of sneaky where every time somebody like uh oftentimes I answer in Kyle Dobbs question box on Instagram and I'll oh, be yes. the guy that like asks like the crazy question like how did how is your career sustainable like just like something or like, how do you maintain the the family balance? Like, those aren't actually questions that I've asked, but it's uh, I tend to go more the um, the whole career 
life balance rather than jumping into biomechanics. I'm like, if I want biomechanics, I should probably be paying somebody to, to help me with that. But if I want to learn, like, how did this human being um, keep their sanity and keep pushing yeah. forward and, and stay rewarded in, in their career, then I'll ask them that. Um, yeah, I love that. And I, for what it's worth, I, I love your account because I think you are so uh, very real and genuine and, and can kind of take a step back from what sometimes feels overwhelming just as me looking at it. And a lot of times I don't dive super into the biomechanics stuff just because I, I get my fill. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, I, I think it's easy to feel like you need to keep up, keep up, keep up. And then, and then you forget to actually look about like, what, what are you doing day to day with your life? <laughs> and Definitely. Spending two hours on Instagram trying to learn about biomechanics. Is that really worth your time? Well, it's like we could all be like F1 race cars, but if, if we'd never changed the oil, um, it doesn't matter what the car is built out of, like it's going to burn out. Like, I mean, so many different analogies to illustrate that point, but it's just the fact is like if we are not doing well, then it, it doesn't matter how smart or, or how talented we are. We need to, there are certain things that kind of need to happen. Um to kind of jump in in the time machine as I often do, um, where would fifteen years ago take you in your life? Like, roughly, like where where were you at at that point? Um, what was going on? What was going through your head? What was life like? For me, fifteen years ago. Well, that would be I would be graduating college, undergrad, and preparing to go to physical therapy school, and. Actually, I think that year, almost exactly 15 years ago, is when I met Katie. So I grew up in Missouri in the, in the States and did my undergraduate there and was a, a, planned on attending physical therapy school at USC in Pasadena. So I applied, moved out to California and worked for a year as a personal trainer um, at this little boutique shop uh, just south of San Francisco on the, uh, in Mountain View. But so I met Katie. And I ended up um, get, getting put on the wait list for USC. It was a very super competitive program. Um, and I was waitlisted and, and I missed it by two slots, which was kind of a big bummer. But in that time, um, Kitty and I started dating. And then eventually I, I proposed to her. And in that time frame, I really, all I cared about was the ocean. Like that's what I wanted. I, I, physical therapy school and an ocean, a good physical therapy school, but it didn't have to be the best like USC. So she had done an internship in Charleston and we li literally, I applied to the one school here, got accepted and we moved across country to where we are now in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and I started PT school and that has been almost exactly 15 years ago. <laughs> nice. It's kind of cool. I always just take a number out of the hat. I'm like, this should get us somewhere juicy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, like, what did you have any doubts? Like so many people have doubts at that time in their career. Did you ever think like, is this for me? And you moved really far. So what was that like? I absolutely had doubts for many reasons. I knew that I loved movement and I knew that I really wanted to pursue physical therapy my older sister um, had gone to physical therapy school. And so when I was an undergrad, we would have conversations that I, I just knew um, that information was something I wanted. The doubts were, you know, that you don't do it for the money. I'll, I'll just say it like that. And you, you come away with a tremendous amount of student loans. And um, so that part, that part of the decision is super difficult. And something that I think up until about probably five years ago, it wasn't like an open conversation to a lot of people looking to go in the profession. Whereas I feel like now it's, it is a little bit more like, that's always part of the conversation when somebody says, you know, should I become a physical therapist? Um, yeah. I mean, it is a consideration. Um, but, you know, beyond that, the, the moving across the country was, it was kind of exciting. So I grew up in Missouri and I never really, we travel, but not, not a ton. So moving to California was something I always wanted to do. But once I met Katie and I realized that the ocean was what I wanted, <laughs> it moving to, to Charleston, I mean, it I didn't think we would stay because I'd never lived in the South and I kind of had my own preconceived biases about the South, but it's been great. Charleston's been great. And 
it's definitely changing in a, in a direction that I think is positive. So in the end, it's been good. But yeah, I think the biggest doubt was just, you know, do you want to do a profession where you spend all this money in, in, in education um, and then not, not be really sure what, what it's going to end up like when you get a job? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably the theme for a lot of different, like, you see so many people that act as though some career on the other side of the fence is so reassuring, but is it kind of thing? Like, I recently heard an example, and it's like some people go for, like, the the salary job, but, like, overnight, you could get laid off from that, that salary job. Like, anything is, is, is cushy if you want it to be, but it can also be instable at, like, there, there's nothing that could possibly be like bulletproof stable income. Like it's just everything is going to cave at some point. It's just your attitude towards that that work and like the the fulfillment that you get from what you do makes a big difference. I mean, like there's lots of people working jobs where every time they go to their job, they're kind of thinking, I don't know if I want to do this. And then like right. as that compounds over time. Um, that's not going to be a very pleasant, uh, existence, you know? It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I feel like that's often minimized too. like people. You're like, Oh, I'm not really happy in my job, but if you're not happy, if you can't find, I guess, happiness and a little bit of reward, it's just a matter of time before, you know, something bad probably will happen. Yeah. I mean, um, when it came to your move, like when you first arrived and you're, like you went for school once you were finished with school, like what were the next things that kind of happened for you? Like what were your next steps of, of growth or challenges, et cetera? Yeah, this is good. And this is something that I, I actually really like sharing openly because my path wasn't the traditional path to where I, I feel like I am now. So when I graduated PT school, it was 2010 and um, now the profession has moved to where we have resident, they've kind of adopted this medical model. So they have a lot of residencies and you can specialize and, um, and, and fellowships and so forth. When I graduated, those were very new. Um, so you, you would just graduate and you would try, hope that you found a job with a mentor and that mentor would kind of fast track you to, to being a, you know, decent clinician. But when I graduated, when I graduated, I started getting job offers and I was getting offers for much less than I was making prior to going to PT school. And in physical therapy, there are different settings. So you can practice in a clinic, you can practice going to people's homes, a hospital and all those for whatever reason, pay a little bit differently. So I made it a commitment that I was going to take the higher paying job to pay off my debt as quickly as possible. And while doing that also work because pre Quincy, I didn't have my son, also work um, in an outpatient setting that I knew I would be able to, to get the, my skills that I needed for that. So that's what I did. And I did it for about six, seven years full time I was doing that. And then I kind of shifted, switched where I was doing more orthopedics and less of, of the other stuff that I didn't want to do. I say that because it, you can make good out of, you can find positives in, in almost all situations. Like I wasn't working ever necessarily in the same environment I thought I would, like say sports at that time. I wasn't seeing a lot of athletes um, for the most majority of my day, but I learned a tremendous amount about the human body and what it looks like with, with age. And it was, or, or with neuro, neurological de, um, deficits, like people who've had strokes and advanced Parkinson's so I learned so much and how to communicate. Um, and then I took that with me. So then whenever it was time where the, the financial stuff started to shift, then I was able to take all of that experience and kind of apply it to, to the setting that I was moving towards, right? So I, I really feel like I've seen people from really very high level um, competitive endurance athletes. That's kind of who, who I enjoy seeing the most, but I've, all the way to, you know, the hundred year old, um, little lady who, who just fell and, you know, needs to get strong. Um, and it, it's just, I think it's really made me always try to keep the big picture in mind with every single person that I'm with and not get too hyper-focused in one 
kind of aspect of, of their presentation as far as why they're seeing me. So it's been been really helpful. I know I kind of went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was good. Like I kind of there there's a lot that I got from that and just the sense that uh, people's path doesn't necessarily go the way that they think that it's supposed to go, but maybe it goes the way that it should. Like and I'll sort of explain a bit more on that is just like you had to make decisions that kind of went away from what you thought that you're you were most interested in based on like the financial needs. But you gained so much that contributed to the the end outcome that you wouldn't have had had you not made that choice kind of thing. Like it's just similar to like if somebody wants to win a race, they're going to have to do a lot of uh, tough training consistency. They have to train when they don't feel like training. They have to eat properly when maybe they feel like just cutting loose. Like there's so many things that you kind of have to do to to get to that desired goal that you might not think of at first and it might not be convenient, but that's how you get it done. And like, if I bring it into like just the, the personal training perspective, it's just like when, when people are having to do other jobs or like their, their first job might not be at the place they want it to be, or maybe they're working a side hustle, like different, different examples, different scenarios that will always play into whatever they end up wanting to do, like whether it improves their communication skills, gives them a broader network, or um, just has them, like it's kind of repping it out. The more people you talk to, the better you are communicating. So if you're talking to people at a McDonald's drive through window, you're going to be pretty good at communicating because that's a lot of reps. Um, yes. Kind of bringing it back to you, uh, what was the first vacation that you went on? after your schooling after all of that stuff like can is there yeah. one that stands out and why does it stand out yes yeah, so after schooling would be uh katie it would just katie and i we went to we were going to mexico but there was a hurricane and so the day before i believe or two days before they switched our reservation so we ended up going to the dominican republic and it, it just was meant to be kind of like a relaxing type of vacation. And it was the first time she, Katie's traveled all over, like all over the world, but I have not. Um, so it was the first time that we were going to scuba dive. So I, I kind of prepped beforehand, you know, went through the certification. Um, and I was like, Katie had forgotten almost all of scuba dive because she hadn't been for, for so long. So I, I was, I felt very important, you know, like checking all of the tanks and do, doing everything just right. Um, but we actually went scuba diving in this amazing place and we got to go down. It was like a hundred feet. It was, it was beautiful coral. Um, that would be the highlight of the of vacation for sure. Um, and the rest of it, we were just kind of hanging out, recharging. Um, and then I think that was the last big vacation actually we've taken because then we had Quincy a few years later and life changed. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Are there like little like day trips that you go on or just things to unwind and kind of balance out the, the mental headspace? Yeah, mental headspace for me, it, I learned this. Um, so I ran track in college and then just for one year, I got a stretch fracture. And so then the next year, I was just burnt out. I was totally burnt out. It was probably the only year in my life that I didn't exercise consistently. And I not, I mean, not because um, I knew that I was going to feel a certain way if I exercised, but that year I kind of realized, Oh man, exercise is, is pretty important for my mental health. And so that's always been my number one go-to mental uh, release. That's the only thing I don't like about the Instagram too, because I've spent some of my time in the gym shooting videos and it's super obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I just really want to check out, but it, it, I'm just kidding. It's like 10 minutes of my time, but. Um, and then it's, otherwise I love to surf. That's my, my biggest passion. My son's getting old enough now. I took him for the first time where he was actually like kind of riding on his belly this a couple of weeks ago and he loved it. So I haven't done a ton of it since he was born, but I think it's, he's going to surf camp in a couple of weeks. So I'm hoping we can start doing that together. Definitely. I mean, it's almost one of the most important things for like this career like working with people is sort of like being able to like outline the things that we each do to kind of keep ourselves sane and the things that kind of get us like excited about 
life and excited about uh, progress and make it worth it to work as hard as, as some people do. Um, and like the, the surfing that is exciting. Um, I kind of, you got my attention with, with the running, like you did track for a bit and you had the injury, like what was it like being in, in that, uh, scenario sort of thing? Like how, how did that impact you? How did you move forward? What was that journey like? Yeah, that was, it was tough. So I went, I'm from a very small, um, town, grew up in a small town. So I played all the sports that, that were offered and my passion was basketball, but I just wasn't good enough to, to get a college scholarship for it. So I ran and I had to run cross country, indoor track and outdoor track, which was you get to school like a month before school starts. And then by the end of the year, you, you know, you had to stay until after, but I, I couldn't give up basketball. So I would be running, you know, 60, 70 miles a week and then playing couple hours of basketball every day and so I, th- I did it to myself looking back but I mean I was 18 so I, I didn't realize what what the body was able to do and not do um, and had a lot of signs that that I was starting to break down but didn't listen of course and so once I got diagnosed with a stress fracture it was it definitely it it stung because you know not only could you not run track but then you couldn't do basketball you, you know, I just I took a lot of my activity ability away. And I never had that taken from me before. And so that part of it was, was very, very real. And it just made me realize like, you know, I think all young, you know, teen boys think they're, they're invincible. And it was kind of my first like gut check, like, Hey man, you need to check your priorities and, and, and have a reason to, to do whatever it is you're going to do. So it took a little bit of a while to get over, but it ended up being kind of a good thing. I realized that college track wasn't something that I wanted to continue to pursue. Um, and so the next year I, I didn't run and I enjoyed things a lot more. That was the year I was telling you about earlier where I didn't exercise as much. And um, it kind of led to me learning a ton about myself and how important exercise was and the avenues that I wanted to pursue to, to get it. <laughs> Yeah. And being forced to run 70 miles a week wasn't that. <laughs> well, exactly. And it, it kind of highlighted a few things where a person can uh, relate that to their own experiences, maybe maybe in their fitness, but maybe in their, their whole COVID experience kind of thing. Like uh, you kind of talked about how you felt like you were invincible, like many people do, many young people, many, many um, type A people or really uh, career oriented people were always like, oh, yeah, well, I can... The, the best example is like someone who is a writer, they put out articles and then they see someone doing a podcast or maybe they see somebody doing YouTube videos and this person wants to do all the things. Mm. And it, it's really tough to do all the things. Like I I have found it within myself that my thing is podcast. I'm, I'm not going to be like the prevalent writer at this stage in my career. That might change. But right now I put so much effort into the podcast that if I put effort in other categories, the podcast will suffer. And like, I've had so many discussions with people about like, you kind of have to pick your like two, three things in order to make those two, three things work. And even just like looking back on just a, a person's career journey, very similar to playing all the sports, like just because all the sports are available. Like I went to a very similar school in the sense that like, if you wanted to be active, you basically had to play all the sports. And like, mm-hmm. that was, it was cool to have that opportunity in that you could kind of hop into anything that you wanted. But then at the same time like there was lots of kids that were getting injuries like I went to school with a a guy that's now actually a physiotherapist but he like messed up both of his knees and he couldn't play hardly any sports for periods of time and he would be running around with a brace and like I can only imagine what that can do to a person with with their mental health even at a young age it's like your whole identity is tied to something and so like now for people who are in the fitness space or just career space and they're very passionate about what they do and it fills their bucket, like if they put too much into that, even if they love it, it might be the end. Like that that's why we see like high turnover within the, the training industry. Like I think the stereotype 
stereotypical number is like two years and then they're out like they're ready to do something else and so I as this podcast has grown I've kind of noticed more and more new trainers listening to it I think (laughs) and then so I just like when people are are tuning in I'm like make sure that you prioritize like your family like make time for them even if you're not making the money you want to make or not having the clients you want to have like it's a marathon not a sprint like anybody who's cross-country ran would understand like if you just go crazy in the first like mile or kilometer um you're not going to be able to finish the thing like you have to pace yourself you have to make sure that you're hydrated you have to like have like a split time or something that you know that you can sustain so that you can maintain that for the the kilometers or miles to follow um with yeah. with that being said like have you ever had a point in in your career where you kind of went too hard and thought that you might have to stop or have you kind of been a, able to kind of keep it on course and and uh stay on track i think i've always teetered with with the the max <laughs> for sure um but you know they when necessary i i I wheel it back a little bit, but I, I do flirt with it as far as time goes and, and how much time I'm, you know, dedicating to work for whether that be day-to-day job or con ed or whatever the capacity. Um, and I do think that it's important and it, it, it's super tempting. It was super tempting at the beginning of my career just to want to like grind, grind, grind. Um, but I didn't, take into consideration like exactly what you're we're speaking to like the the overall bigger picture and what you know is that grind helping me in the moment maybe but is it going to help me five years from now and if you can if the answer is yes to both of those well then maybe it's worth doing but if it's only helping you in the moment and it's not really going to do anything for your long-term success I guess then then I think you should question it and I I spent a few years like that where I think I was just going 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 without uh, reflecting on how that is gonna play into my bigger picture definitely and i mean it goes back to the whole reflect on the calendar or whatever like if all of a sudden we're looking at uh our this year in comparison to our last year we saw that we slowed down our progress maybe that's a an indicator an inconvenient indicator but an indicator nonetheless in the sense that like uh it's like, okay, like we're missing something. Like maybe we need to uh, sleep more. Like a person's quality of work might improve if they get more hours of sleep. And in order to get more hours of sleep, they're probably going to have to cut back on some of the things that are taking up all of their time. Um, you talked about continuing education quite a bit, which I think is important because there's some continuing education that you put out into the space. Like you, you offer... I think I've been seeing quite a few posts about uh, your offerings. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So I um, kind of partnered with uh, a guy, another physical therapist. He's based out of St. Louis. His name's Keaton Worland. And we have created a mentorship, like a small group mentorship. And it's, you know, 12 weeks. And, um, but really what it, the, the goal that we set off at the beginning was to help give either people with some, either a new grad PT or people with some, you know, just quite a bit of a movement, movement experience, but have never had a a lot of like the formal um, education as it relates to, to reasoning for, which is, I'm super passionate about that. Um, I think there are many ways you can get your education, but I think being able to apply it and, and get it and then apply it are like two separate things. And it, I'm just really passionate about people having the opportunity, regardless of their situation, to be able to get that somehow. So I want them to, to get the mentor more, mentoring more so, so that they can help develop their skills, not have somebody else not like mimic somebody else, right? Um, I was very fortunate in my formal mentorship that um, whenever it was one-on-one mentoring, she she let me do what I was gonna do. And then afterwards we would re- reflect on it versus a lot of mentors who will show 
the mentee what they're doing and then have them try to replicate that. Two different, I mean, both are fine, but I think the one that I was exposed to was far more powerful in my practice than me trying to mimic someone else. Um, because you can mimic anybody, but if you don't allow yourself to go through the, the process of full problem solving and zooming in and zooming out and knowing what to look for and you're like, oh my God, I just spent 20 minutes looking for 20 different things. Now, what do I do with all this information? Like if you don't allow yourself to go through some of that struggle, then I think you, you, you miss out on a tremendous amount of education. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, it's so true. You kind of got me thinking about social media and people's tendency to kind of see a thing and be like, yep, yep. I agree with that thing or like the repost thing. And mm -hmm. sometimes I see that and like a part of me knows that everybody's going to have some understanding of it, but a part of me wonders, I'm like, okay, like what, what's another way that a person could have a presence on social media that would actually help them. And it's like, I get excited when like one of my friends or peers is like creating their own original stuff. Like they're putting themselves out there. They're like, they're on the edge of the deep end of the pool and they're just ready to jump in no matter whether they're a competent swimmer or they have water wings on. Like mm -hmm. it's, you learn so much more just by doing and, and putting yourself out there and being willing to fail and look silly. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? Like somebody's going to see that you're learning. No big deal. Like, and so that that is a big value in like a mentorship in any capacity. Like I, I advocate for that stuff. I think probably has something to do with being a teacher's kid. <laughs> like education <laughs> awesome. just keeps uh, circling back, and so it's. I like the learning aspect of this industry in the sense that we're always learning and we're always open to feedback, and we want to like figure out like where we could improve. Um, and I just wanted to sort of reiterate like the, the value in, in something of what you're offering, because when we went back in the time machine, 15 years, you kind of talked about like how being in a position where you could be mentored in some capacity was such a game changer. Like it, it helped so much. And then I can only imagine how a person could feel if they didn't have that. And something that's wonderful about COVID is it opened our eyes to the fact that like, um, like-minded people are extremely accessible. You just have to be looking for them. Like you don't, it doesn't matter where we live anymore. I mean, like I'm here so in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I've made so many like new American friends that kind of, we're not a full on echo chamber. We're a little bit like an echo chamber, but it's enough to kind of like feel like you have friends to lean on and people to like refer out to. And at the same time, I have to acknowledge that I've even gotten to know more local people as well. Like I, during COVID had conversations with people that contracted to the same gym as me that I had never had conversations with before. Cause it just forced us to slow down and smell the roses, not like work so hard on our own career, but like stop and look at, look at what everybody else is up to. And, and like something that I think is important for a person is in your interactions, don't ask yourself, like, why do they have what I don't ask yourself what can this person teach me just mm -hmm. in general like um why compete when we can just learn and, and be better and grow kind of thing yeah i could not agree more definitely something that uh well i've kind of lost my train of thought but i'll get us back to it like there, there is so much that social media can do and and so many ways that it can help people network um, when it comes to that, you probably have people on your radar, people that you kind of like, you're following the pulse of, you're trying to like learn from, or at least they're, um, keeping you on track, keeping you accountable. Are there, there any people that you'd give a shout out to that kind of, uh, keep you in line or inspire you or, or teach you? Yes, absolutely. I, so many accounts teach, um, so many different things, right? Like, in in life but um the the ones that in my own kind of industry that i tend to to go towards a lot for different reasons well obviously I, i'd look at my wife's because she's my wife but also i i love how she takes complicated material and is so creative like i enjoy anybody who can can do that and communicate it in a way that um 
resonates with others. Because at the end of the day, if, if you're not able to do that, then you're just limiting how, how many people you, your knowledge can actually help. And like I told you earlier, that's something that I'm currently working on. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Kyle Dobbs has always been a really good um, mentor of mine. And I just think he has a really good head on his shoulders. Um, all of the guys that um, reload physical therapy in New York, so Andy Chow, um, or, and I'm trying to, I, there are just so many, there are so many. Well, I mean, that, that was a good start. Like it, it's cool because when a person hears that, like I've listened to more podcasts than I can count, like typically in a given week, I'll listen to about five other people's podcasts. And any time that a person like talks about somebody on there, it's I have an invested interest to figure out who they are and to learn about them. And I think that's that's important because then it helps you like that's kind of how you broaden your network. Like somebody tells you somebody's cool, go check them out, see what they're yeah. about. And you might not completely agree, but you might agree and it might be a game changer. Like most of the people that uh, is kind of like a, a spider web most of the people that I've met through social media have started from one person and then it went to sure. two people and that spidered out to two people and so forth. And so kind of being open to making those connections, um, it's sort of that abundance mindset. Like you can't have too many friends. Like obviously you're going to only have so many close, close friends, but you can always like learn from more people um, and just, adapt and grow and notice like where our weaknesses are or where we might be wrong find new people to get constructive criticism from be open to that uh, being open to like okay like this is going to be really painful to make this adjustment or this change or um, start doing this thing like an example that I'll share is like me being introverted I have a tendency to just be absolutely quiet in person in groups I can be really social online. That's no problem. But if you got me at a party, I'd be the quiet person in the corner. I'd be talking to like one person. And so I wouldn't be very good at like a, a networking event. And so part of this industry is like challenging yourself to be a little bit better at the things that you're not as good at, because especially as like a business owner, you kind of have to like it. You can't really choose. Like if you want to uh, have a presence physically, in in a city or town then you have to be pretty pretty good at communicating um with with all of that right. being said oh go ahead no no i was just in a <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry uh our video was a little bit choppy so i thought i might have missed missed a bit of you but um it's just so cool to be able to to meet people and learn from them and be able to kind of like pick out the things that that they can teach us and and stuff like that um are you a goal setter are you someone that uh, sort of has something on your radar for the next couple years next couple months like what, what's kind of happening for you with regards to that yeah i think i yeah i, I am a goal person i always have goals i'm Things are starting to get back to kind of pre-COVID here where we live, as far as the in-person. So I'm, I'm. That's my current like two-month thing is I'm just trying to to ramp back up with my in-person business and get get back to that. And you know, two years. I I really going through this process of of making them this mentorship, which you know I don't know what'll come of it. I, I really don't. But I. I've enjoyed the process greatly and I just realized that I want to give others the opportunity um, to, to be mentored in an environment that I feel I wish I would have had very early on in my career. Um, because if, if you follow me, you probably know I say this, but I just, I truly believe there is no right. I think we try to always make these best choice decisions at any given time. And that, comes from a vast amount of knowledge, but it, because there is no right, I, I think that's where the, the art of mentoring can, can really come in and empower people to feel confident. And if you leave them with that feeling, then they're probably going to be a lot happier in their day-to-day -day life versus always trying to, to live up to this 
standard that doesn't really exist. And I promise you, if you're listening, it does not exist. <laughs> it's true. I mean, like, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to learn new things if you're open to the fact that, like, yeah, there's just you're just gathering things and seeing what you can do with them. You're not gathering the right things or the wrong things. You're gathering things, and you're learning, and you're applying, and you're trying, and you're failing, and you're succeeding, and you're just keeping that going. And if you get too hung up on like what what is the perfect way and what is the wrong way, well, then it's going to halt your progress. And just being in the right environment is kind of like training environment. Like if, if you have people that have a genuine intent to get stronger in your space, then it influences you to get stronger. And so just like for, for a person that's like maybe spinning their wheels and they're kind of wondering like, how, how can I have like the mindset, like blank person, or how can I be someone that sets goals or wants more or wants to be surrounded by the right people? It's like, just surround yourself with the right people. Like, um, any mentorship or group thing that I've done, um, being in that space of people to kind of lean on and having people to kind of like put thoughts and topics and, new discussion in front of me to kind of focus on and just like bounce bounce off heads around me kind of thing like that that is a game changer like that's kind of what helps and like everybody's going to take something else from it but like hopefully um people entertain the idea of mentorship so i think it's something that's uh, rising in popularity and you kind of right. you get to know people and then you kind of a lot of people will decide their mentorship based on like there's a little bit of like confirmation of values or confirmation of uh, interests and stuff. Like you're you, a person sees someone who they want to be and they're like, okay, that person's giving a mentorship. Um, and then they kind of jump in. And if anybody's like hesitant to jump in, I would recommend it because it's, it, if I could take everybody's mentorship, like imagine how great of a year that would be like, yeah, <laughs> it would just be the funnest year ever. And so, like, yeah. uh, if I ever win a lottery, like, you can bet on it. I'll be, like, in everybody's mentorship. And it's just because, like, your life becomes more abundant. Like, you get to make so many friends and you're bound to learn because you're – it's like trying to do something by yourself versus trying to do something with a team. Like, you're going to move further ahead if if you have a team, whether you work together, like, on paper – like – whether you are actually professionally associated with each other or you just know each other and you can bounce ideas off each other, it doesn't make a difference. Like you can be in business with yourself, but you still have to have a network. Like 100%. that, that's just the, the, the thing. Like if a person gets too competitive and closes themselves off from a network, then it's just, it's going to die out or it's just going to sound way too, too narrow-minded kind of thing right so yeah. each episode i ask my guests a few questions and one of them i've been asking i think on and off since episode one and the cool thing is if a person's still listening or watching this i encourage them to go back to some of the earlier episodes kind of see see some of the guests that they might have not ever realized I've been on the show. I've, I've had some people talk to me about how I should get Jordan Syed on the show. And I've been like, Jordan Syed's been on the show. So it's like, <laughs> go back down the rabbit hole and check him out. But it's just, it, it's cool because when you go back in the episodes, you can kind of see like how my career has, has changed. Um, how a lot of my guests have, have transformed their career. Like a lot of them have grown a family since their earlier episodes. Some of them have, uh, kind of grown in their career, gotten more accolades, achievements, maybe moved. And so it's just, it's a cool shift of perspective and might give somebody some inspiration if they look at the data it was recorded and who who's talking. Um, with that being said, the question is, if you were to give a person one piece of advice on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be? Um, well, I hate to steal, but, uh, and since we're, we met via social media, I will say the movement maestro has significantly impacted, 
the way I'm trying to view social media and she'll always just say, do more you. And I, you know, and she knows that it sticks with people, which is why she says it all the time, but it's true. I, I truly believe it. If you think about doing more you, then it makes you reflect on what you're actually doing <laughs> versus just kind of assuming you're doing you, but never really reflecting the, the product of what that might be. So it takes, it's not comfortable for me to do that exercise. Um, but the more I, I try to do it, the more, I guess, kind of genuine I feel about um, what I'm bringing to the table. Absolutely. And I think that's a good one. Like, I've often told people to be themselves. And they're like, Oh, what does that mean? But to hear do more you like, yeah, like, it's just if if something matters to you do more of it, if if something's going to make you happier, do more of it. Um, the, the second question here, and I'm going to buy you some time to kind of think about it, you're going to create a challenge. So over the past episodes, people have thought of a challenge that kind of maybe was something that has helped them. Maybe it's something that's unique to them that they think will kind of catch people off guard. Nonetheless, it's something that you think that will genuinely improve a person's life or maybe make their day a bit brighter or uh, give them a new perspective. So all you have to do is say your challenge for the episode is and then just give it to the audience. All right. I think my challenge for the episode is is two things, but it can only has to take 10 minutes. Um, find one thing mobility wise that you feel is difficult for you. Don't care what it is. Could be touching your toes. Could be, could be anything, but just spend five minutes working on that. Second thing would be spend another five minutes going to take a walk with no music, no phone, uh, you know, your, your family, if you, if you have one, um, but no, no devices, no just tune out from, from the digital land. And the five minutes is kind of, it's kind of mind blowing <laughs> what that feels like to not have it, that option available. Um, so yeah, 10 minutes, two things. I love it. And the, the walking and just how it kind of gives people a realization of like what it's like to be away from like social media, electronics, other noise, just other inputs and just kind of focus on like, what's right in front of us right now, like right in the moment. Like I'm often given that perspective shift of like, what really matters? Does it matter what happens next week or does it matter right now, this moment right here? Like, um, and just getting that, uh, that reset and that chance to just slow down and enjoy the scenery, enjoy the geography and nature and fresh air is a, is a game changer. Um, with all that, that being said, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a long time coming, so I'm glad that I was finally able to uh, get you on. I greatly appreciate the opportunity very much, Chris. It's been fun. Awesome.